Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. If you have your Bible, I'd like you to turn with me very quickly. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I want to read verse 17 and verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I was feeling good about my message this morning when they began to sing, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I just said, Lord, thank you for that. I really wasn't feeling uh, too sold on this message today. Normally, you don't know this, but normally on a Sunday morning when I come to the pulpit, I got about three or four vacillating around in my head. And uh, sometimes it's hard for me to let the, let the guys in the back know. I just, I, I give them one and I hope that's the one. And sometimes, most of the time, the Lord will put me on the right track and uh, I know exactly what I'm speaking today, but when they begin to sing, I said, Lord, you're so good. Second Corinthians chapter three, beginning in verse 17. When you have it, just say, I got it. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. For the Spirit of the Lord is there is liberty but we all with open face beholding as in a glass, the glory of God are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Mm. That's a funny scripture. Did you understand it? I didn't. For a while, you know, that's a funny scripture. What are you saying? And uh, if you've been here for a while, you kind of know how I like to exegete from the Bible and preach from the Word of God. And uh, I'm, I'm always curious. I'm always looking for that, that, that thing that the Lord's trying to speak to me. And in 2 Corinthians, we know that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. He is that spirit and there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord. I'm beholding as in a glass, as in a mirror. I'm beholding as in a mirror, the glory of God. And from glory to glory, I I'm changed into that image. As by the spirit of the Lord. Today I want to talk to you about Self-image. Self-image. Can we pray today? Lord, we love you so much and we're so 
honor to be in your house and to be in your presence. Lord, I pray today that you would speak to us through your word, that you would encourage us. I pray today that somebody would leave this house and be changed forever. Never walk the same, never talk the same, never live the same, never be the same. That today would be the beginning of something new for them. That's how powerful you are. And your glory and your presence and your grace and mercy can accomplish that today. I pray that we would not only be hearers of this word, but be doers of this word also. And we'll be so careful to give you praise and glory. And we pray it in the name of Jesus. And the church said, in Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. Thank you for standing with us for so long in the presence of God. Somebody say image. Image. Image is important. Uh, perceived image is very important. You don't want to have, as some would say, your, your image tarnished. Some would say, well, you know, I, got, I, I, have an, I have an image. You know, I got an image I'm trying to keep up. Uh, that word image and the concept of image is not foreign to us today when I say image. Images represent something. They, 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 they represent a thing. And, and there's a lot that can be represented and be misconstrued or gathered from the sight of a certain image. There, there is images in this world that make us all feel a, a certain way. Uh, there are images in this world that when you see them, uh, you become thirsty all of a sudden. Have a certain look about them. Uh, an image or a logo sometimes can incite uh, a hunger. You see an image and, you know, you see Popeyes and that's an image. That's a, that's a, that's a, a, a sight to behold. And when you see the Popeyes sign, all of a sudden you want fried chicken. You don't know why, you just do. You see a blue sticker with a round circle and you see Pepsi and all of a sudden you, you get thirsty. Or you see a red, which is a proprietary red, totally owned by the Coca-Cola company. But you see that red. I just want Coke. I just want a, you know, man of bed, an ice cold glass of Coke. Just an image. An image just incites so many things in your mind. Uh, over the last few years, we have, we have learned that there are people that aren't cool with images that other people are cool with. They're, we've learned that there are people who, when they see an image sitting in front of a courthouse, they think racism and, and slavery, and they think, uh, you know, they think years of decadence and but the, there's other people that see that and they see, you know, heroic and, and a man of stature. And, and we're, we're all looking at the same image, but we're gathering different things from the same image. There are images that are set up across our world that one, one group of people would look at that image and say, uh, I love that. And another group of people would look at that image and say, I hate that. One, one person may look at an image of, uh, a logo for a football team and say, oh, I love that team. And then the, the, the same, in the same room, in the same moment, another person may say, I, I hate that team. Because images are a part of our world. We're, we're, we're very familiar with the concept of images. But, but there's no greater image in your life. There's no greater image in your world than when you get up in the morning and you walk in that bathroom and you see yourself. There isn't. Some of the most seen and most common images in your life is you. You are the most common and the most seen image in your world. 
And sometimes I, I wish that we could see ourselves all the time because I've been told you need to, I wish you could see yourself. I wish you could see your face right now. Well, you can't see your face. When you get up in the morning and you stand in front of that mirror and you look at yourself, what do you see? What do you see? Crazy hair? Fuzzy teeth? Bags under your eyes? Bags under your chin? Bags. You might, you might like what you see and, and you might not like what you see. But that image is more than just what I look like. When you see yourself, you, you think of self. And, 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 and what am I doing in this world? And what, what's my purpose for today? And then what's my purpose for my life? Like why, why am I here? And the concept of images is, is all brought to head when we see an image of us. Every young lady in this building wants to see the picture that you just took. Before you as the photographer can walk away from the moment of how you've been recruited in that moment to be a photographer, you can't leave that random photography session until we get to look at the picture to see how we look. If we don't like the way we look, could you take the picture again, please? Let me stand. This is my good side. Let me turn a little bit further this way. Let me lift my head up. I, I was, I'm sorry. I was, I was slouching. Let me not slouch. And we perfect our image and and we say well you know I'm gonna get on this side of you because I look better from my left side let me just remind just let y'all know that's not really true you look like you from whatever side you we, we know it's you you're not gonna turn a certain way and we're like oh look that's Brooke Shields it's not gonna happen it's not it's you it's never and some of y'all don't even know who Brooke Shields are. I don't know I don't know nobody recent so Amanda Chavis that's my supermodel you know you can't there ain't no way you could turn. There's no kind of lighting that you can look like. This is impossible. Just, just take the picture, man. But we're concerned about our image. It's, it's, it's unique to me that in the scripture, when, when God, when God is, is, is giving the rules to the game, when God has brought his people out of Egypt, and now he has worked all through time to this moment. Moses and the children of Israel have been delivered out of Egypt. And God has, is about to make these people that he promised Abraham. He promised Abraham, Abraham, I will make your seed as like the sands of the seas. And they will be my people and I will be their God. And now God is fulfilling a promise that he gave to Abraham and he's setting up rules so that they know how to approach God. They know how to live and they know how to walk and they know how to talk. God, God just can't have this relationship with them willy-nilly. There are certain rules you have to live by to be able to call yourself people of God. And I'm going to give you ten rules. Ten rules to live by. Ten rules. Those rules will be five rules for how you deal with God and, and five rules with how you deal with your brethren and here's how I'm going to start these rules and you'll find it in Exodus chapter 20 when he said I'm the Lord your God and I brought you out of Egypt in verse 1 out of the house of bondage thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image image 
And, and, and the first rule, the first rule that God has in the, this Ten Commandments that has been talked about for years and years and millennium and century after century, the first rule in those Ten Commandments was be careful what images you put in front of me. You will not have any likenesses or anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath. That means you can't have images of angels and you can't have images of men. You can't have images of stars and you can't have images of animals. You can't have images of fish. You can't have an image of anything that is in the earth or you can't have an image of anything that is under the water or under the earth. So no birds, no fish, and no worms. And, 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 and you shall not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. Ah, so now we know, now we know why. Now we know why. Listen, this is, this is how God, in God's mind, you have, to, you have to see God's mind here, God's understanding of this moment. Watch what God says. He says, thou shalt not bow, verse 5 of, Gen of Exodus chapter 20, he said, you shall not bow down thyself to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous, I'm jealous of this. If you do this, if you bring an image and you put it before me and you bow down to it, I'm going to be jealous of that. Watch what he said. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children of the third and fourth generation to them that hate me. Hold up, bro. We went from bowing to hating. Just because I bowed to this doesn't mean I hate you. Yes, it does. Just because I allowed this in my life doesn't mean that I hate you. God said, yes, it does. Because if you put anything out there that's in, con in kind of any contest with me, what you're telling me is you hate me. There isn't a man or a woman in this room today that's in a relationship with a man or a woman that would look at me and say, oh, Pastor Chavis, if, if he or she messed around a little bit, it'd be okay. I know they still love me. Nay, nay. Not nay, nay, but shanay, nay. No, 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 you hate me. Oh, no, 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 I, I really love you. No, you hate me. Because if you really love me, you would not have that thing in front of me. We, we, all know how that, we all know how that works because me and you have been made in the image of God and we understand the concept and we understand the emotion of jealousy. He said, you need to know that I, the Lord your God, I'm jealous. I don't want you to have any images in front of me. Don't put anything else in front of me. Yeah. That's why in Daniel chapter 3, in Daniel chapter 3, Hananiah Mishael and Azariah, you know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When the music played in Daniel chapter 3, those three boys didn't bow to that image. It wasn't because they were deciding to be rebels. It wasn't because they decided, I'm not a part of this political affiliation. Those boys didn't bow to that image because they was raised with the understanding that if I do this, God hates me. And I'd rather burn than be hated by God. They, they, they had an understanding, Lord, 
if I do this, then the Lord will be jealous of me and he will see my bowing as hatred for him and I'd rather burn than for the Lord to be jealous of me. You see, these were good Jewish boys that had been raised in Jewish homes. They were captives. They were captives, and, 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 and this, is, this is, is really interesting to me, is, is their names are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which are Babylonian names because we know that when Babylon took people into captivity, Nebuchadnezzar, most of all, the first thing they did was change their names. They tried to change how they saw themselves. Listen, I ain't got no Bible. I ain't got no Bible for any Jews wearing hats or hosen. But the Bible said when they came out of the fire that their hats and their hosen didn't even smell like fire. These men were in hats and pantyhose. And I know that's not a Jewish thing, but that is a Babylonian thing because Babylon, when they took people captive, the, what they would do is try to change their image of themselves. Give them a new name. Give them a new identity. That way when they looked in the mirror, they couldn't see where they came from. They could only see where they were. I'm, 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 I'm going to bring this thing home in a little bit. When, 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 when the enemy took them captive, he, he made it so that when they saw themselves, they couldn't even recognize where they came from. That they could only see that they were still in captivity. They could only see that they were still in bondage. They could only see, oh hallelujah, they could only see that I'm still a part of this crazy culture that has taken me captive and I don't even recognize who I am and people don't even call me by my real name. My name is not Shadrach. My name is Hananiah. I don't know what Shadrach means, but let me tell you what Hananiah means. Hananiah means God has favored me. That's what Hananiah means. And, and you can change my clothes and you can change my name, but God still favors me. You can take me out of where I came from, but God still favors me. Oh, and, oh, oh, oh Shadrach, oh, Meshach's name was Mishael, who, which means I am who God is. That means my identity is caught up in God's identity. That you can't separate me from God. Change what I see in the mirror. But you cannot change what I know God has called me to do. Oh yeah, Abednego's name was Azariah, which means Jehovah has helped me. Hallelujah. He said, Jehovah's on my side. I may not be in my home country, but my home country is still in me. And the music may have played, but their knees didn't touch the ground because they knew, they knew Shema, Israel, Adonai, Elohim, Adonai, Elhad. They knew, hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord and him only shalt thou serve and him only. Oh. I don't care what you play. I don't care what kind of music you play. I don't care what you promise me. I don't care what's going on out there. I don't care what my neighbor's doing. I don't care what my friends are doing. I don't care that everybody else bowed. I don't care that thousands bowed. I don't care that everybody wants to be a part of this thing. I don't care about all that. All I care is I know where I come from, and I know that my image and my identity are caught up in Jesus. Hey. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Image. You know, Nebuchadnezzar caused thousands of Israel captives to bow to a graven image that he had set up of himself. And the cue, the cue to bow was when you hear all kinds of music. Is it okay if I take a little moment right here? Nebuchadnezzar's plan was, I'm going to get all these people together. I'm going to get all these people together, and we're going to bow down to the image that I set up. I feel like this is what I need to do. I'm going to make myself famous. And how I'm going to do it is I am going to play music, all kinds of music. And when the people hear music, that's when they understand, oh, we're supposed to bow now. Music has always been a cue to bow to culture. Oh, you see, you, you as a human being cannot control the power of music. I'm talking to somebody right now. You, you can't control the power of music. Let me tell you why you can't control it, because it's not earthly. Music was not created on the earth. Music is not from this world. Music was created in heaven. We know because Ezekiel would tell us that, that Satan, who was Lucifer, the son of the morning, the anointed cherub that covereth in his pipes and tabrets, God created that. God created his pipes and his tabrets and his, his instrumentation. And in heaven, it was Lucifer's job to bring glory to the Lord through music. So that means that God created music. That also means there's no such thing as devil music. No such thing. God created it, and it cannot be separated from worship. There is perverted music. That's like saying all intimacy is bad. No, it's not. God, the devil didn't create intimacy. God did. Intimacy outside of the parameters that God is evil. Fornication is wrong. Right, right? You, you with me? If you take it outside of the parameters that God put it in, now you've perverted it. And I believe that when the enemy hit this earth, one of the first things he did was pervert music so we would be afraid to use it. If we sing more than three songs on a Sunday, people start getting nervous. Because we struggle with music. Listen, I got more scripture for dancing than I got for speaking in tongues. A lot more. It ain't even in the same ballpark. But we, 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 we're not about to dance up in here. Why? Because the enemy perverted it. And we struggle with it. My, my dad remembers times when people told him to get his electric guitar out of the church. Because he was playing the devil's music on the electric guitar. Now, I don't want to have church without an electric guitar. Why? Because we realize the devil perverted that. That was God's guitar to begin with. Right? It's a perversion. It's a perversion, and the perversion is in the content of the music. Because you can take the music, and you take the words out of it, it don't mean nothing. It don't mean a thing, it's just music. And music is neither immoral or moral. 
Music is amoral. You have amoral, you have moral, and you have immoral. And you get to decide whether a thing becomes moral or immoral. Driving your car is amoral. It's not moral and it's not immoral. But if you pray while you're driving, now you're on your way to work and you pray in the morning, you've made a car drive that was amoral, a moral activity. To uplift God, to uplift yourself. But if you take that same car drive of 30 minutes to your job and listen to all kinds of garbage and talk gossip on the cell phone the whole time you're driving, well, then you took an amoral event and you made it immoral. Music is the same way. You can just play music. You listen to jazz and all that other kind of stuff. It's just music. But when you put words to it now, and the words is what affects you. Listen, the word of God is efficacious to you if you listen to it. But the word of the enemy is efficacious to you if you listen to that too. And listen, here's the deal. You listen to all kinds of junk all week long. Junk about fornication, drug abuse, rebellion, disobedience. Guys like Travis Scott quoting Alistair Krauss, which was the guy who wrote the satanic Bible. He quoting scriptures in his music. He quoting scriptures in his raps from the satanic Bible. And you got him on your iPod right now. You listen to that junk all week long, and you come on Wednesday night and, and hope that Pastor John could help your mind in an hour. Nah, bro. That's impossible. You've been listening to the word all week long. You've been listening to preaching all week long. What are you listening to? Because music has always been connected to bowing. Whatever you listen to, you're going to wind up serving. You're going to wind up serving it. Whatever it is that you intake, you are what you eat. You are what you eat. And whatever you let in your life, you let it in. You paid the 99 cent. You bought the iPods. You bought the iPod Pros. And you put them in your ear. And you did that. No, nobody hold a gun and say, listen to this music. You did that. You purchased it. You, you're part of the sacrifice. You bought in. You listened to it. Whatever those words are, they're entering into your heart, entering into your mind. Why does like the beat? I don't listen to the words. That's humanly impossible. Go read a book. It's humanly impossible to do that. The words from the music gets in your mind whether you want them to get in your mind or not. That's why when you was in grade school, they didn't teach you your ABCs by saying, everybody say A. B, no, they said A, B, C, D, E, because they know, they've been known that music, repetition, and deep memory are uniquely connected. That's why some of y'all know scriptures, and you don't even know it's a scripture. It's just a song. You're saying, Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, and be gracious to you. Lord, turn his Face toward you and give you peace. That's a scripture. You know scripture because you know the song. You didn't even know there was a scripture. That's verbatim. Deep memory. Deep memory. And so if you listen to songs about God and worship and loving him and serving him and praising him, guess what you're going to want to do? Live for God, love him, serve him, praise him. But if you listen to songs about drug use and fornication and rebellion and I'm going to do what I want to do, be who I want to be, play how I want to play, if you listen, to, guess what you're going to want to do? Be rebellious. 
you're listening to rebellious music, you're going to want to be rebellious. It's just word. And I'm trying to help you understand that music is shutting down your mind. Music is shutting down your mind and it's entering into your deep memory frame. It's, it's going to right brain straight through and straight into left brain, which is creative. Straight through. Music shuts down your right brain, which is your analytical side. If I told you four plus four is five, your right brain will stop that from going to your left brain because your right brain is like, nay, nay. Four plus four, uh, two plus two is four, not five. Because your right brain is analytical. It solves problems. It figures things out. That's why men are right-brained and won't look at a map. <laughs> Hello. Can I take my time today? It's only 1221. Calm down. Men are right-brained want to solve problems. That's why when you, as a wife, when you come home and you say, oh, baby, I had a hard day at work. Oh, oh. Uh, Sister Sally was just being so mean to me at work. Instead of him saying, oh, babe, that's, sit down. Let's talk about it. He goes, well, I'm going to tell you what you need to do right now. You need to go in that job tomorrow. You need to grab Sally by her weave, snatch her down. <laughs> right? Because we're right brain. We're analytical. We want to fix stuff because your right brain is analytical. But let me tell you, your left brain is creative, sympathetic, long-term memory, left brain, creativity. That's why most women are left brain because they're creative, they're sympathetic, they cry at dog commercials. <laughs> the dog on there, the, the Purina, oh my God. We gotta buy Purina, you see how cute that puppy was? And you in, and the man is in Walmart going, Purina, come on man, this is all. Now you draw a map, when I walk into Walmart, it's a straight line. Straight to the Almond Joy, hey, hey, hello. Straight out the door. Only I'm going, you draw a line, you draw a map, but when Amanda goes to Walmart, it's like, went in to get Q-tips, came out with a car. They don't even sell cars at Walmart. How did this happen? Left brain, right brain. Well, you know what music does? Baroque style music, 60 beats per second, 400 hertz, which look, look all that up. That's the music they would listen to today. All changed way back in the 1600s. Way back, when, when Beethoven wrote his first aria, they put him in jail. Read it, read it, read it. Read a book. It was illegal to write a solo. They put that man in jail for writing an aria. Do you know songs like Power in the Blood? The church didn't sing those songs for 60, 70, almost 100 years until after they were written. They wouldn't sing them. You know why? Because the word blood is nasty. They wouldn't sing those songs. I'll fly away, oh glory. Those songs, there was a season when the church wouldn't even sing those songs because they didn't want to give people the idea that they could fly. Because they knew music was powerful. And when they changed music over, you listen to a 60 beats per second, Baroque style, 400 hertz music, and it shuts right brain off. It doesn't, it doesn't turn it off, it just opens it. And it, it's like stuck open. And so all the words you're hearing are going to left brain. That's why you memorize stuff better through music. And this is going to left brain. Left brain, rebellion, left brain, fornication, left brain, drug abuse, left brain, promiscuity, left brain. This left brain, this is going, and it's all in there. And there's some parents in here right now, it blow your mind. The lyrics that's on your child's iTunes list right now. Here's what you do. Here, here's how you know. Here, here's the litmus test. If, you, if you're sitting here today and you think, Pastor Chavis, is, he's an old fogey, he's crazy. Listen, I grew up with Public Enemy, LL Cool J, 
NWA. Y'all know nothing about that. Too short. Too live crew. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to see who's in, who's in the room. I had Snoop Dogg's first take. Rolling down the street. Laid back with my mind on my finances, and my finances on my mind. <laughs> the first tape, I had it. I had to sneak around and try to hide it from my mom and dad because they found it, it would kill me, literally kill me. That's the era that I grew up in. And let me tell you, all that was good, but if you stop the music and you read the lyrics... Stop the music, turn the music off. Just turn it off, take a deep breath, pull it up, turn the volume all the way down because now on iTunes you can click on the lyric side and you can just read the lyrics or something. Just read the lyrics, just read the lyrics. Read what the lyrics are saying. See if you want to do any of those things that what they're saying. Just, just see if that's okay with your mama, okay with your daddy. Just look at the empty seat beside you and say, Jesus, is this okay with you? Can I listen to this? Is this all right? You cool with that? Self-image. It's messing with your image. I used to think I was a gangster because of the music I listened to. You cannot be a gangster with an orange lunch tray in your hand. <laughs> Gangsters carry steel lunch trays in prison. Fake gangsters got that old green lunch tray in the 10th grade that's not who you are. You still live with your mama and daddy. Broke. But the music made me think I was. There's some of y'all sitting here, you think you're something, you ain't nothing. The music made you think you are. You think you're Travis Scott, but you can't even afford to lint out of his belly button. But the music makes you think you are. It's self-image. Image. You're looking in the mirror and all you can see is the hats and the hosen because the Babylonians have changed your name. They changed your name because when the music played, you bowed. You fell on your knees and you worshiped. You didn't even know what you was doing. You didn't even know. You didn't even know you was worshiping. Put your hands up. J to the O to the H to the V to the A. Jehovah, that's Jay-Z. He calls himself Jehovah. And you put your hands up. Oh, that's my jam. That's my jam. You're worshiping. You don't even know you're worshiping. You bow to the image, and now your self-image is messed up. You don't know where you belong. You don't know if you're here or you're there. You're living in the gray matter. But the problem is, is that God said, I would rather you were hot or cold, but because you stay in the middle and you're lukewarm, I got to spit you out of my mouth. Let me tell you what worldly music does to a Christian. It puts you in a lukewarm position because your mama is still making you come, but at home you want to be something else and you're lukewarm. And God said, I can't deal with the lukewarm spirit. I wish you were cold. I wish you were hot. But because you're always trying to stay in the middle, it makes me sick. I'm a jealous God. I'm jealous. I'm jealous of your time. I'm jealous. I remember when the Lord told me he was jealous of me. I was working for the oil company. My wife remembers this story. I was working for the oil company. And every day I would drive about three hours a day. Every day of my life I would drive about three hours. I would drive to this place, do work, drive this place, do work. 
And, and I was in church. As a matter of fact, I was the worship leader at my church at that time. I was in church living for God. But I just turned the radio on every day. I listened to the talk shows, and then when the music came on, I would just listened to whatever was coming on. Didn't care. Didn't care what was coming on. It could be anything. I just was in the truck jamming, put on my radio station, and just listened all day. And I was driving down the road one day in that truck, in that work truck, and the Lord said, I'm jealous of your time. I thought, what? It was like, a, it was like almost like a, it was like a, like a impression on my spirit that the Lord is jealous of me. And I, I, I thought, what? Jealous of me? Like, what, what did I do? And 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 then I felt like it's your time. Look at all this time you have. You have so much time in your day. And what are you doing? And I just realized, like, man, I just I've had it on G105. That's my station. I've had it on G105 all day. And, and I've been in this truck two or three hours today, and it's all I've listened to. Whatever's on here, good, bad, and the ugly, all of it. I thought, man, I, I need to, like, like I, I, the Lord wants this time. And I remember I, I, remember I prayed about it. I said, Lord, you touch me. Like, help me with this. And so I, got a, a I still have this box. It is in my barn right now. It's a little clear box with a blue lid. And I put all the preaching tapes I could find. I went to my dad's collection. I got all the preaching tapes I could find. I put them in that little clear container because I had a tape deck. I know you all know what that is, but it's a, it's a plastic card that has a ribbon inside of it. This, this is great technology. You stick it in the tape deck, and it plays what's on the ribbon. It's, it's bananas. And so I, I had a tape deck in my truck, and I would put the tapes in. And I would drive them around, I would listen to preaching. And, and, I, and I, I found me a good Christian station. And you know what? It really wasn't even my kind of music, but at least they were singing about Jesus. Better than what I've been listening to. And I'll tell them what they were singing about. And I, I just found a good station. And so my days changed. And I, I started listening. Those two or three hours a day I would drive listening to preaching and listening to, to, to worship music. And, and you know what? My, my mood started to lift. And, and, and I, got, I, got, I got angrier. It took me a long time to get as angry as I would be. And, it, and, and things started shifting in my mind and my spirit because I, was, I had a constant diet of an image that wasn't what God wanted for me. I had a constant diet looking and listening to things that God didn't want for me. I, I had bowed to the image, and I hadn't even noticed it. But, but when I started coming out of it, the Lord began to develop things in me. And, and the Lord began to help me. And, and, and there were moments in those years of my life where I would be driving down the road, and the Lord began to speak to me. I would have to pull off side of the road because the tears that were in my eyes, I would pray, and the Lord was working on me. He was growing me in that season. Because I said, Lord, I'm going to give you my time. And I watched myself change. I, I watched the way I talked to people change. I watched the way that when I got up at church to lead worship, the different atmosphere that would be created when I would sing. Because you can't fake anointing. Can't fake it. Your skill and your talent and your ability may make us say ooh and ah, 
But your anointing changes the atmosphere. It shifts the room. And God began to do something in me. And there was a power in me. And all, all, all I had done, I hadn't taken on no great deal. Climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, spent 10 days alone out in the wilderness eating locusts and honey. All I did was make, change what I listened to on a daily basis. I changed my diet. I changed my diet of my, my, my continual listening to. And just a few years ago, I was pastor of this church. And I used to listen to radio all day long. And the Lord convicted me of that. Stop listening to that mess. I turned the radio off. Politics and drama. Finding myself mad by 10 a.m. every day. Because I was listening to the mess. Be careful what you let in your life. He is a jealous God. And I know there's probably nobody sitting in this room that has a golden image set up in your living room. But I know many of us have golden images set up in our minds, set up in our spirit, set up in our lives. There's people in this room, you don't like me talking about music. You wish I'd stop talking about it. You know why? Because it's an image in your world and you are addicted to it. The devil has used it to integrate into your life. It's a Trojan horse and you don't want to put it away because you like it and you think it's harmless. It's not harmless. It's harmful. But I want to tell every Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in this room that you are really Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Don't let the enemy change the image that you see. Oh, hallelujah. Because I, I come to tell you that if you, if you let the Lord give you liberty where the spirit of the Lord is, there if you let the Lord work on you, then what you see in the mirror will start changing from glory to glory. Oh, 2 Corinthians 3, 17, 18 isn't really that difficult to understand when you realize that when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you and you let God do a work in your life, what you behold in the glass, the glory of the Lord, I'm changed into the same image of God, glory to glory, even by the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit will change you into his image. Oh. Because Jesus is fine with you coming just like you are. But he refuses to leave you that way. You can come just like you are. You can come with all your mess, all your drama, all your problems. You don't have to look right. You don't have to sound right. You don't have to smell right. But when you come to Jesus, he said, come all ye that are heavy laden and I will give you rest but I'm going to put my yoke upon you I'm going to change you what you see in the mirror is about to start changing from glory to glory glory to and I don't think I'm there yet but I can tell you what I used to see in the mirror is not the same man I see in the mirror to I'm telling somebody, your self-image is about to change today. When God gets a hold of you and you say, I'm not what I used to be. I'm not what God really wants me to be. But thank God I'm not what I used to be. There's a change. There's a shift. Remain standing. I'm, I'm, I'm closing. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
They said, oh, 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 Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Our God who is able will deliver us from thine hand, O king. But we will not bow to the image. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king. We will not bow and we will not serve. Because whatever you bow, you will serve. Whatever you worship, you will serve. Satan said, bow down and worship me, Jesus. And Jesus said, that it is written that, the Lord shall, that I shall only serve the Lord thy God. When Jesus quoted it back to him, he didn't say worship. He said serve because Jesus knew if I worship you now, I'll serve you later. And you got to be careful what you worship because you'll wind up serving it. Oh, not me. Oh, yeah, you. Oh, yeah. I, I danced in the spirit and spoke in tongues. With boys that died in drug deals going bad. Absolutely. You can ask my mother and father who sit here today. They know. They told me, stay away from him. Stay away from them. And I did. I did. I didn't want to. But they knew they were no good. They said, be careful who you hang around because you become who you hang around. And you know what? I became who I hung around. They said, they said don't do it. And one night, I probably would have been with them. But one night, him and some friends found some two drunk homeless men sitting behind a, 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 a little pantry store in our town. And they thought it would be funny to take some sticks and beat those men. They thought it would be funny. I, I, I would have been with them. If Jeff Chavis would have let me, I, I probably would have been hanging out with them that night. And they took those sticks they found laying on the ground and they beat those men. And one of them was paralyzed. And the other one was in ICU for weeks and they put him in prison, my friend. And the other guy, he spent several years in prison, got out of prison. When he got out of prison, he came and found me. I was at college. I literally was in my college dorm room, and there was a knock on my door. I opened the door, and it was him. I said, what's up, man? He said, bro, I just got out of prison a couple weeks ago, man. I'm just chilling. I was, I was trying to find out where you were. Listen, I spoke in tongues with this kid. I worshiped with him in the pews. My, my dad helped raise him, him and his brother. He came, he came to my college dorm room. Hey, bro, what's up, bro? He came, he came to the college room had two girls with him. Come on, man, let's go hang. Now, listen, I wasn't even really living for God at the time, but all I could hear was Jeff Chavis' voice. Stay away from that boy. I said, nah, bro, you good. I said, hey, I love you. Look, I can't really go today, but look, come, come check me out. I'm going to church this Sunday. I said, I'm going to church. I'm, I'm going to be home. I'm, I'm driving home Saturday. I'm going to be home Sunday. Come to church with me on Sunday. Oh, man, you know, you know. And, and listen, th this young man, he, he struggled to go to church because every time he walked through the door, God would touch him. He'd speak in tongues like that. God would, God would touch him. I said, look, man, I love you so much, bro, but, like, come to church and, and, and we'll hang out. He said, all right. He didn't show up. A few Saturdays later, I was at home. My mom woke me up early in the morning. She said, uh, Court, get up, get up. Something bad has happened. I remember getting up, and she said, um, she got a phone call. And uh, your friend killed himself last night. My first comment to my mom, if, if my mom was here, I'd have her amen you. First thing I said to my mother was, that's a lie. First thing I said to her, that's a lie. She said, what do you mean? I said, if he's dead, he didn't do it. There ain't nobody love that boy more than that boy loved that boy. He did not take his life. I told my mom that. First thing I said to her, that's a lie. He didn't do that. Not him. Before we buried him, before we could get him buried, 
the cops had already made a case. It wasn't. He didn't take his own life. Drug deal gone bad. Some girl, some mess, some junk. They realized that when they were taking his clothes off to bury him, and his socks and his underwear were covered in blood, but his pants were totally clean. They knew that somebody had killed him and then put his clothes back on. I stood at his funeral, me and my dad, stood at his funeral, wept for my friend, but I probably would have been with him. I might have. Because for a while, my identity was so messed up, I thought I was him. I thought I could do what he was doing. Thought it was cool, thought it'd be fun. My identity, when I looked at myself in the mirror, I saw him, I saw that lifestyle. I wanted to do all that because when I looked at myself in the mirror, all I could see was the hats and the hosing. I didn't see myself as court. I saw myself as another name. I didn't, I didn't see myself as Hananiah or Mishael or Azariah. I saw myself as a Shadrach, a Meshach, and Abednego. I was bowing myself. I had become a Babylonian. I was living in that world freely, and it was my own choice to live in that world. I walked that walk. I talked that talk because I chose to. And when I looked in the mirror, all I could see was that culture, but I couldn't see past it. But God got a hold of me. God got a hold of me because one day I decided, you know what, I'm not bowing no more. One day I said, you know, I'm not going to do this. And I lost friends. I lost relationships. I walked away from friends at college I have not spoken to since the day I spoke to them last. Not a word, not a peep, not a hello, not a how you doing, not a Facebook post, nothing. Because I walked away from that world and I never looked back And the enemy tried to put me in the fire. And the enemy tried to kill me. But in the fire is where Jesus showed up. Said, hey, I've been waiting for you in here. In in the fire, in the press. What the enemy meant to kill me, God turned it around. And he gave me faith through it. I believe better now. I, I walk Because I know that it was in that moment where God stepped into my life. And he changed me. And I'm preaching to somebody in this room today. You've been looking in the mirror and all you can see is that life and that culture. But can I tell you Shadrach? Can I tell you Meshach? Can I tell you Abednego? You are not that. You are Hananiah. You are Mishael. You are Azariah. You are he that God has helped. You are he that God has favored. You are he who is what God is. Don't you bow. Don't you do it. Well, they, they won't like me no more. Don't bow. They won't let me into the group no more. Don't bow. They'll pick on me at school. Don't bow. They'll make fun of me. Don't bow. They'll call me preacher girl. Don't bow. They'll tell me I look funny. Don't bow. They'll tell me I dress like a pilgrim. Don't bow. I don't care what they do. I don't care what they say. It'll be in those moments when Jesus shows up. Jesus is reaching for somebody today and he's saying look in the mirror I'm about to change you into the image from glory to glory what you see now don't worry about it because where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty hey yeah I'm, I'm, I'm closing with this. 
Exodus 20. Exodus 20. Go, go, go read it for yourself. Exodus 20 is where really the beginning of God having people began. When he gave him those Ten Commandments, Moses come down the mountain. That's Exodus 20. Exodus 20 begins with this. You shall not have any graven images before you. That's Exodus 20. It's at the beginning of the Bible. It's the beginning of the children of Israel. It's the beginning of the Jewish people. Exodus 20. Because they can't even be God's people until they follow these rules. And so Exodus 20 begins with, you shall not have any graven images before you. That's at the beginning of where the church begins. Let's go to the end now. Get me Revelations 20. Let's go to the end now. Yeah. Listen, listen to what, listen to what, Reve, listen to what Exodus chapter 20 verse 4 says. Exodus 20 verse 4 says this, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or in the earth beneath or that is in the water or, the, or under the earth. That's Exodus 20 and verse 4. That's at the beginning. This is where it starts. Now let's go all the way to the end where it ends. Can we go to where it ends? Revelations 20 and verse 4. It, it ain't no coincidence, church. This is no coincidence. Your Bible is the most constructed piece of material you have in your life. It is line upon line, precept upon precept. This is not a coincidence. This is line upon line. This is God showing you today, I don't play no games. I paint every wall. I don't miss nothing. Exodus 20 verse 4. You shall have no graven image. Revelations 20 and verse 4. And I saw thrones and they set upon them and judgment was given unto them and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God which had not worshipped the beast neither his image neither hath received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years at the beginning of God having people he said don't bow to images because at the end the the way that you separate my people from his people is there will be an image. It was a warning. There's a warning in Exodus for revelation. There was a warning at the beginning for the end. Don't bow to images because in the end time, when the Antichrist comes, he's going to have an image. And if you get so comfortable bowing to images over time, when that day comes, you won't even think about it. You'll just... He said, but I saw, I saw the thrones. I saw the thrones of them that were beheaded for the glory of God. Those that did not bow to the image. No coincidence in your Bible. I'm reaching for somebody today. I'm reaching for a young lady who's been listening to whatever she wants to listen to. Be careful what you listen to, young lady. I'm reaching for a young man who's okay with whatever comes on don't be okay with it stop it for a second just listen just, just stop and read the words that's all I'm asking you to do when your friends say let's do this think about it for a second say you know what I serve a jealous God he's still jealous if he's the same yesterday today and forever he's still jealous he told Joshua you tell these people that my name is jealous that if you're going to call me Jesus 
You got to call me jealous too. I'm reaching, I'm reaching for a father and a mother who aren't strong enough to take your kids by the hand and lead them in the right direction. I'm praying for you today. I'm praying that God would give you boldness and tenacity to say, baby, I love you, but you're not listening to that in my house. It's tight. It's tight in the house. It's okay. It's okay. I'm just trying to be pastor today. I'm trying to, be, I'm trying to preach a word. I'm trying to preach a word. Won't you stop? Stop trying to get the church to do what the home should be doing. We can't do what the home should do. Don't be looking at Pastor John telling why ain't y'all doing this? Why don't y'all have this program? Why don't y'all, what are you doing at home? You give this man an hour and a half every week. You give, you give me a couple hours every week. What can we do? What can we, we need a mom and a dad to say, hey, I heard the word of God today. And you are not Shadrach and you are not Meshach and you are not a bit. You're Hananiah. You're Mishael. We are in this world, baby, but we are not of this world. I want to be like Moses who when he came of age, he said, I will not be called the son of Pharaoh. There's got to be a church in the evil day. There's got to be a church in the evil day that will stand and say, hey, we don't do these things because the word said. We're not trying to make anybody else feel bad and you do what you want to do. But as for me and my house, As for me and my house, we've, we got our minds, but we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. And him only shalt thou serve. There's a verse for those who bow. There's a verse for those who bow. Revelation, turn with me. Go, go there with me right now. Re- Re- Revelations 14, 11. There's a verse for you too. There's a verse for those who didn't, but there's a verse for those who did. Revelations 14 and 11. And the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever. They had no rest, day or night, who worshiped the beast and his image. And whosoever received the mark of his name. The torment lasted forever and ever. There's no coffee breaks. no nap time there's no rest day or night I'm not here today to preach to you so you'll fit into this church better I'm not here today trying to get you to be Pentecostal or be apostolic I'm here today to try to keep you out of hell the enemy wants you to bow and he may threaten you with fire if you, if you don't bow But the fire of this world will be quenched by the power of Jesus. But the fire of that world lasts forever and ever. And there is no rest day or night. But it's okay. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. You, You can be free today. You, you, you don't have to worry about what, what, what can you, what, what can I do? It, it's not me changing myself in the mirror. It's the Spirit of God who changed me into the same image, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, I pray for this church right now.
I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.